0: Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I
1: like to smoke from like to- my big cigar my cigar
0: well good morning and hello to all you loyal listeners libertarians and lovers of the leaf mm-hmm. do not adjust your sets this is kma talk radio episode number 457 don't tune away don't click away this is the show you're looking for you just might see it a little differently than you're used to my name is matt tye
2: garrett robinson
0: and we are from how about that cigar so we have a monday night cigar show and a website we've been doing it for a few years now and abe and the crew were so kind to ask us to take over kma talk radio this we're morning We're taking over so we're taking over and we're it's our uh, show now we don't know exactly yet what we're going to do to it how we're going to totally overhaul everything but no i think everything's
2: in a good i think it's yeah. I think it's just fine. You've got a good format. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of what you're used to. Yeah. Some prettier faces. Yeah. Might... Show, show them
0: your cup. I love. Oh. Yeah. So Garrett.
2: Yeah. I got to start the day out right.
0: <laughs> Garrett so... stole my wife's coffee mug this morning yeah. and said, yeah, I'm gonna so doing some hot girl shit. Garrett's doing hot girl shit. Um, so yeah, we are How About That Cigar, and very excited to be here on KMA Talk Radio this morning with you guys. Have a great guest coming up uh, in just a few minutes. Um, let's briefly talk about something that, so so if you guys ever watch our show, you know that we're big baseball fans. Um, and there's something very cool that I just saw the trailer for. I didn't even know this was going to be a thing. But there's this new super cool documentary uh, that I just saw the trailer for called Facing Nolan and it's Ooh. it's a bunch of interviews with nolan ryan and a bunch of the people that he uh, was teammates with and batters who had to face him and things like that nolan ryan probably the greatest pitcher of all time um and this it the trailer for it looks absolutely epic um, very excited to see this movie because if you're a baseball fan you have to it's it's coming out in late may so. so
2: well and you're excited about that and i was excited about the season four trailer for uh, stranger things so that's where we're at in life
0: you know it's funny that's that's one of those shows that has has been on my list to try out you haven't even i've s- never seen a single second of stranger things i know it's 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 one of those shows that people have that reaction like there are some shows that if somebody says to me i've never seen breaking bad i have that same reaction or if somebody says I've never seen Sopranos, I have that same reaction. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely on my list. It's just there's so much stuff these days. Oh yeah. To watch. No doubt about it. Whether it's uh whether it's cable programming or stuff that's streaming, there's so much to watch. Um and I know that Abe, I'm with you. Some of my kids have seen Stranger Things and they love it. I've just
2: never And that's you know, it, it, so for me, that's what it is. It is one of those shows that I get to join in with, you know, two of my kids, especially. We get together and we watch it together. Some of them have cheated in the past and they've been punished severely for it. Where they, you know, watch an episode ahead or... Well,
0: I think the reason I would love it mostly is because it's, from what I understand, it's filled with like 80s and nostalgia. Yes. And I, that, that was, I mean, growing up in the 70s and 80s, uh, if I could, anytime I get to see some of that stuff, I just... I I don't know. I love it because it brings me back. Um hundred percent, Abe. new think I can start a series, yeah.
2: Cause there is nothing more frustrating than waiting for that next week. I'm doing that right now with Moon Knight.
0: I haven't seen that. I've heard it's mm, fantastic. It's so good. Yeah um and i'm with so better call saul i was watching better call saul and now the new season is out but it's only out for you know if you've got the golden ticket and you subscribe to this or that or and i don't have any of that so yeah i'm either gonna have to wait or pay the amc you know subscription fee but i really want to see that last season of better call
2: saul shout out to ray uh hey ray what's up brother friends barbecue aficionado and master yeah, all things that's the word needs. I was looking
0: for. Um, so I want to bring uh, Alex, if you're listening, I want to bring you on for this next thing that we're going to discuss, because I don't know if you guys have been watching the uh, the Johnny Depp uh, uh, Amber Heard trial. So there's, there's... Dave's not home. <laughs> Please leave a message. <laughs> What's up, boys? So, Alex, have you been watching any of this Johnny Depp trial on TV or on on YouTube?
3: I I, I have a little bit. I mean, I I don't I don't know, dude. Like,
0: <laughs> poor guy. Like, shit in the bed.
3: I, I don't understand. Right
0: i yeah i i haven't watched all of it because there's too there's too much to watch but she, she, <laughs> she did what she, i mean she, literally
3: if we took any like this girl she,
2: i mean i don't know anything like, about this
0: and she tries to blame it on the dogs and he's but the thing that i love the most about it is the way he is totally working the room i mean he's got that room yes. in the palm of his hand it's hilarious to watch you've got to go see some of the all clips right it's it, you can tell you can tell he's an actor who knows how to work 100
3: did you see the part where they they asked him about drinking whiskey at 5 a.m and i missed uh, that part and his response was well it's happy hour anytime isn't it <laughs> <laughs> i mean
0: <laughs> i love there have been so many times where he said some snarky comment you can hear in his microphone the whole room laughs right together and the uh uh what is it the opposing attorney is is constantly objecting uh, due to
3: hearsay. Here's a here's a and he waits for it. He, he, he stops and he looks
0: over at the attorney. He's like, yeah. "Are you going to object to that?" Oh, there he goes. Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh God. Yes, that's another one when he said he, gave, he literally gave Marilyn Mills uh, Manson a pill to shut up because <laughs> told talking too much. I
0: I love I I do respect the fact that he is completely unapologetic about how well, for lack of a better term, he's unapologetic about kind of how fucked up he is. He's like this. Yeah, this is. Yep. I did all that stuff. Yep. I said that. Yep. I'm, I'm a, I'm a mess, but she beat the hell out of me and she's shit in our bed. So it's basically he's, he's like, yep, I'm a mess now
2: <laughs> moving on. It's, it's right, hilarious. Right. Wow. I know nothing about this at all.
0: So this other thing that I saw that I thought was hilarious. I don't know if you guys know, but uh, just last week or two weeks ago, Her Majesty the Queen, Queen Elizabeth, turns 96 years old. And at the celebration for it, you know, they've got the royal uh, like marching bands and they play music. You know, uh, typically they play the same stuff, the classics, you know, God Save the Queen and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing what there was one song that they added to the the uh the repertoire this year during during this festival and she walks out into the courts and waves at everybody
2: please say it was wrecking ball it was
0: was the avengers theme song i mean how badass is that that this 96 year old queen of england walks out waving to The event i just think that's
2: badass that is pretty cool
0: you know it's
4: badass you know i don't understand the whole what do they do besides like own everything does anybody know
2: yeah i i was thankful enough to just a few months ago had a little tour of new orleans uh, a little vacation with my wife and then john strange from the uk another cigar guy he and his wife in we had an amazing time. And during that time I grilled him. I was like, all right, let's talk about this. Let's, let's talk about the Royal family. What are they? You know, what, <laughs> what are they have parliament, but do they have any sway? And he was basically hey, look, it's like, big Ben.
0: <laughs> Sorry. I had to throw a, a Chevy chase reference in there for bear.
2: He was like, you know, they're basically philanthropists. If they want to be, they have uh, a lot of, influence for powerful people. um, But you will never say, you know, see them like do a veto or a a political initiative. So they're really just the face of the country. Big deals. Yeah, they're they're celebrities. They're their own big deal.
0: Um,
4: They're kind of a big deal.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that's really that's really all I have for small talk this week. So I think it's time that we meet our maker i love it
3: well with that being said guys i'm getting the hell out of here and uh, you two are on
4: your own so uh, all right don't burn the show down
0: all right thanks alex thanks brother let's meet our maker let's do it i want all of you to get up out of your chairs i want you to get up right now and go to the window open it and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you would please put your hands together and welcome Nick Malillo from Foundation Cigars, brother. How are you? Woo. Good, guys. Good to be here. Thanks, Thanks for having on. me. It's great to see you guys. What a surprise today! Yeah, it's yeah. It, it, it's uh, you're like uh, where's Abe? I must have clicked on the wrong link. Mm-hmm.
3: I was like, "Wow, no, no, these guys again!" <laughs> I think the last time we talked uh, was from Nicaragua. We had a we yeah had a show, or maybe not. No, no, we took you we were know. we were yeah. we were
0: still here, but, yeah. But uh, yeah, we had uh, we was, we basically did a two hour yeah. long Ethiopian history podcast, it was absolutely yeah. epic. It was yeah. awesome. One yeah, yeah, of on buddy.
3: One of my buddies is like, oh, God, come on, man.
2: More Ethiopia history.
0: <laughs> i well, <laughs> just sick of it.
2: Once you've been bitten by the bug, how, how do you not fall on in days? love with the people and the culture? And we'll spare the, you know, if you want to watch, just go on the How About That Cigar, either, you know, Facebook or YouTube page, search our, you know, for Nick Melillo. And yeah, it's a fun trip. Yeah, it's a good time get into it. That's when,
3: you know, you still love something. It's it's for me, it's the same with, t- you know, tobacco and pilones, yeah. and for, I, it doesn't get old. I could take pictures of tobacco barns forever. I got millions of pictures of tobacco barns.
2: Yeah. But as I was getting ready for this show and I'm going through your Instagram stuff and I saw all the amazing things yeah. that you've been doing with that, I, I was like, We've already done that I don't want to be the dead <laughs> horse but I just want to say congrats on you know your continued support love and obviously their appreciation for what you do is amazing so
3: yeah man honor of my lifetime uh, I was knighted by the Ethiopian Crown council yeah. uh, back in uh, February yeah I still can't oh my goodness yeah still can't believe it
0: uh so talk to us about how how did how did all that come to come to pass this this all came to pass because
3: of cigars you know and and this has been the story of my life since i started in the world of cigars is is connecting all walks of life you know that from working a cigar store you know you meet people from all over the world so this particular case um this was before covid it was uh February 29th, 2020, so it was the leap year, just before all this craziness went down, um, I I got an email inviting me to a dinner at the Ethiopian uh, Crown Council, for the Ethiopian Crown Council at the Army-Navy Club blocks from the White House in Washington, DC. So I received this invitation. I had no idea how I was invited. Uh, I showed up to the dinner and then I met the organizer of the event and I asked her, you know, how, how, how did I, how did you guys come to invite me? And she said, I was in a cigar shop called TG's in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. and I saw this box is Menelik. Menelik is... Uh, you know, was one of the first Kings of Ethiopia
0: Yeah, and she saw this son of the the wise man, right?
3: Son son of the wise man, it means, yeah, son of Solomon. Um, So she saw the box and started talking to the owner who happened to be Ethiopian, who I had only talked to on the phone probably about two, three years prior. A friend of mine happened to be in Washington, D.C. on business and was in the shop and said i think the owner is ethiopian and i said pass me pass her the phone let me talk yeah. to her so i talked to this mate tg she's unbelievable i talked to her for about a half an hour on the phone that was years before and then you know this woman organizing this event is in the shop and she remembered that conversation and said you have to meet nicholas he loves ethiopia so that's how i got the invitation so i'm at this dinner not knowing that TG had basically been the link for me getting to this event. And I'm texting her at the I said, Thank you so much, you know, that you made this connect. Yeah. And she said, You're here. And I said, Yeah, you're here. And she was sitting right across wow. the table. T- and we <laughs> made a whole scene, and it was it was an amazing moment. And then from that point, on I just really started meeting you know people involved in the Crown Council you have all of these people in exile in Washington DC you know before 1974 the US and Ethiopia had a really strong relationship and then 1974 similar to what what happened in Cuba the communists took over and destroyed everything and and that's why when people bring up Ethiopia, that's all we know and when I grew up all you know is you know famines destruction right. yeah and before that you have one of the oldest you know living monarchs and history of humanity and uh so i started becoming friends with some of the crown council and i think over uh, the past couple of years they were kind of vetting me not knowing like who is this guy you yeah. know why is he making cigars with uh, you know all of this symbolism and i think they realized that no, I just love Ethiopia. Like, yeah. you know, this guy's just crazy. He just really loves Ethiopia. And, um, you know, I ended up doing a lot of work, some work, charity work, um, working on education, uh, some education programs and, and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, they, they honored
0: me with this well, award. And that's so cool because, and, and I, I get where they're coming from with that because sometimes you will see people who, um, sort of, try to capitalize on on imagery from a particular culture or something like that and not really caring about the culture or knowing about the culture they just use it as a means of branding and things like that and and yes you you're definitely using it as a means of branding but it's from a place of deep genuine affection for the culture. And I think they I think they realize that that it wasn't just you saying, Hey, I think this artwork looks pretty cool. So I'm I'm going to put it on my cigar box, you know, you, you have a deep affection for the culture.
3: I do I you know, and it goes hand in hand for my love with cigars, because both of uh, my love for cigars and just history and culture were kind of happening simultaneously. When when I started, uh, you know, learning about cigars, smoking cigars, so they go hand in hand, and and people don't realize if you go to the north of Nicaragua, my art director Alex Garcia also shares similar interest as I I do, and the whole north of Nicaragua has walls of old Ethiopian artwork yeah. all around the north of Nicaragua, which is interesting. But yeah, we we love it. We're very passionate about it. It's not a gimmick for us it's it's not something to be taken taken lightly we take it you know really seriously and yeah and you I, know cigars have become the means of that right the means of when i started the company i really wanted to complement these bl- these blends uh with with artwork and branding that i i felt passionate about so
2: yeah yeah well i can't wait for the day where you can come up to the twin cities and I can introduce you to, you know, several of the, the families that I know go eat some some food and yeah. amazing coffee. And speaking of coffee, this morning when I went out to my car, yeah. um, they were roasting in their garage. Oh, nice. And as soon as I walked <laughs> around that corner and I got that waft. That is the best part of waking up. <laughs> Folgers has nothing. The on the that. best part of waking
0: up is your Ethiopian neighbors roasting their own beans. Yes.
3: Yeah. Also, something not to be taken lightly in Ethiopia is coffee. Right.
2: Uh, they coffee. bring it out on a. It, it's a. It's a ceremony every yeah. time for them. Every time. Yeah. Coffee. coffee. The, it's the story of the laughing
3: goat. Is the legend of of the origins of coffee. Is is a priest goat herder starts noticing his goats are are laughing. They call them, you know, spazzing out after eating these berry bushes, mm-hmm. at which point they start, I think it was more like a porridge, you know, coffee comes in this, this beautiful red fruit and then the beans in the middle. And I think at first it was sort of a porridge and then they started removing the bean and then of course roasting it in the sun. But the priest <laughs> used it Originally, its use was for praying throughout the night. That's how the priests stayed awake. Mm -hmm. Because uh, there's a a bunch of biblical lines, I think, of Jesus saying, you know, some of the disciples are falling asleep. And he's, you know, don't don't fall asleep. You know, Uh, so they're drinking coffee. So that's why when you see in traditional Ethiopian restaurants or in Ethiopia, it's traditionally coffee is served with frankincense and myrrh.
0: Mm And it
3: it is a ceremony because the origins of it, uh, you know, are religious uh, from the beginning. So I think from there it spread right to the Arabian because it was one of the main trading routes, you know, back in the Roman 2000 years, years ago, it's called the Aksumite Empire. Um, So you had major trading routes to um, Saudi Arabia, Yemen, Oman, and then up through uh, into the red sea into Egypt, you know, and then Eritrea pre Eritrea, a friend of mine said something interesting that eventually when it was being traded, that the boats would go through the red sea and then eventually into the Mediterranean. And they would sell the coffee along the way. So as you got closer to Italy and Europe, the quality. They weren't getting first selections so that's why the roasting started the darker road they started roasting the coffee even more because the quality of it by the time it hmm. got I like to that. italy was not um yeah a friend of mine uh pierre uh who runs uh something called P- puto trader trader he's a big coffee oh, yeah. guy. yeah and uh i thought that was really
0: interesting i'd never heard that before well and it's cool that You know, you take you go back that far to where coffee and spices and things like that. You talked about the trading routes and and that became currency at that time. Mm -hmm. And then you you flash forward to when people from European people learned about tobacco from from the Caribbean and started bringing it over to Europe and then it's found its way to North Africa. And then it found its way to the Middle East. That became, uh, it, uh, along the same lines as coffee and spices, that became another currency. Yep, big time, big time, yeah. Sumatra, Indonesia, the Dutch yeah. brought it, yeah,
3: everywhere. Which is, yeah. and the two, you know, as you know, they go hand in hand, uh, Yeah, you know, it's my favorite combination.
0: Well, I love, I love the the thing that um, so many sommeliers say about wine and it really applies to tobacco also is what grows together, goes together. Mm. And it's so it really is very true. I mean, if you if you have a let's say you find a a, a pair a a Nicaraguan puro with a a cup of of Nicaraguan coffee, that's that's yeah. And you, and you pair that with with true Nicaraguan coffee. It's a different experience than pairing it with say, uh, Sumatra coffee or a uh, or an Ethiopian coffee. It's a different experience altogether. Yeah, I agree. Um, One of the things I wanted to ask about, because the last time we had you on our show, we did talk a little bit about fishing. And uh, I saw the fishing pics on in your Instagram. Have you, have you had a chance to, to get back out again since then? I haven't. And it's funny because
3: the past three days, that's all I've been thinking about. It was actually uh, trying to schedule a trip before last year I went in May and we went right into the mouth of the Connecticut river and it was, it was early in the season, but it was incredible. I mean, we hit, a beautiful day and we were catching so many striped bass they were they were really small of course because it was er, really early but it was gorgeous you know right in the mouth of the connecticut river um we didn't go out far we were just right right at the mouth and we found some really nice spots but i'm i'm hoping to get out there this year a little bit more
0: yeah yeah a it's, ass, uh,
2: that's a fun species fun man and i don't i don't think
0: i've ever fished for them before i mean being from the midwest pretty much my whole life i've never
2: so we're only beautiful like the st croix a little bit yeah pockets in the mississippi but uh typically you don't fish for them because they're just with the red you know with the smallies and
0: everything oh yeah i've never can't say i've ever gone after them but uh, they they look be a certain
3: size here and of course in order to keep them yeah um but it was, uh, I caught the smallest one, which is nice. It was about that big. Uh, <laughs> and we caught a few bluefish at the time, but, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, we used to fish here in Long Island Sound, and the bluefish, man, used to run, and they used to catch, uh, they used to feed on the bunker. I don't know if you ever, we call them no. bunker. They, the bunker feed off of minnows, so the bunker would usually corner minnows into coves, and then the bluefish would come in and corner the bunker. And we just snag bunker. You just treble hook, cast over, snag, and then keep them on the line when the blues are running. And then the blues just yeah, really nice. cool. So you snag, treble hook, snag a fresh bunker, and you just let this that baby sit on the line and when the blues are running, they're fun. really aggressive.
0: Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. that's unfortunately one of the things that in a lot of states, uh, Minnesota included, you can't that's a, actually illegal. Yeah, so you, you can't you can't hook a, a quote unquote game fish and then throw it, throw it out for use as bait. Yeah, it's it's a, illegal. It would be a double.
3: Really? I wonder I if it's double illegal double. around here now. I'm t- maybe, I would, I used I would to, think this was like 30 fine. years ago. I used in di- to in
0: different places, I'm, I think it's probably fine depending on populations of. Because up here, like for instance, a bluegill. If you hook a bluegill, that's very good bait for largemouth bass. Yeah. But because they're both technically game fish, and the
2: populations are limited on each, you can't you can't do it. Yeah, you can net for your bait um, as long as they're shad and minnows. Yeah, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm well, just starting to get into fishing again because I used to fish a
3: lot when I was younger. Um, my parents used to rent this house on this island in long Mm. island sound there was no electricity no no roads and my parents you know were working all the time and wanted to send us to camp because they needed you know we were off for the summer and they realized they could rent this house for Mm. less money than sending all three kids to camp so they ended up renting this house instead and found somebody to watch us during the day while. You know, we were working, and <laughs> we would be barefoot all summer. I love it. Washing boats, got our boating license. You know, be cutting lawns, and you know there was no there was no electricity, man. So it was yeah. uh, it was fishing, yeah. it was ping pong, it was
0: just an amazing yeah. time. Nice. Well, let's, uh, it's a cigar show, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Ah, yeah, but, sure. So tell us, uh, let's, uh, Garrett and I are each smoking the, uh, the Charter Oak, Connecticut right now. Um, yeah, how are they
3: smoking? Uh, how are they smoking?
0: Oh, beautiful. With this coffee?
3: Dude, that's a yeah, Toro?
0: Yeah, yeah, the Toro. That's a great morning stick, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah so That's what do you uh, what do you have fired up right now
3: i'm actually working on um finalizing a new project we're we're looking at launching a new uh, core line at the, the pca this year um so i'm just in the final final process of uh just testing the blends that have been kind of aging now for some time okay. and uh yeah i'm working us? with can you yeah I'm, I'm working with i'm working with um some really beautiful San Andreas wrapper, um, both in Maduro and Claro. Um, mm. So I'm kind of focusing on that San Andreas region. You know, the San Andreas Mexican Negro uh, seed is one of the oldest seed varieties in the tobacco, cigar tobacco world, uh, and the whole region is is really fascinating uh, from a cigar history standpoint. So. I'm kind of using that as my, as my kind of focus.
2: Now real quick, brand is going to be really cool. Um, Um, Go ahead. Yeah. To, can you break down San Andreas for us just a little bit? Because it's one of those now general terms for, um, I think there's a a lot of different varieties of San Andreas. Can you just break us break San Andreas down a little bit for us? (laughs) To, so San Andreas is the region, right? San yep. Andreas, Tuxtal, if you go
3: to Veracruz region, so it's right just in that area on the the Gulf side before it turns into the, uh, what's that? The peninsula there? Yeah. Uh, the, uh, I forgot um, what, they, what, what do they, they call, it? call that? Yeah. I just forgot it. I can't believe I forgot it. Yeah. Uh, but it's right in that kind of little nook right there. And that's a very old volcanic region. There's a, there's a lot of volcanoes, volcanoes there. And to my knowledge, this might, it might be debatable. From what I know, that seed variety originally tobacco started in Peru and the Andes 2.1 million years ago. That's what they've dated the fossil of tobacco right um it was a, it was a dutch gentleman who actually found the uh, saber tooth tiger fossils found the actually fossilized tobacco so they have it about 2.1 million years and then the story is is that it ended up going up through central america through mexico and then into the caribbean okay and we really don't know i again this is it's interesting because just last month, if you look up in Utah, they found a site that's twelve thousand five hundred years old, and they found tobacco in the site. And it's now completely changing what we know about tobacco use, because wow. it, 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 as far back as they they've gone was before that was about five thousand um, BC uh, around that area. So this new site has totally changed kind of everything we know about tobacco use. I think it goes back much farther th- than that. I, I personally don't believe we really understand much about human history before, tw- you know, the last ice age. Yeah. Um, but supposedly the Negro seed, there's different seeds grown in the San Andreas region, right? You have uh, Cuban seeds being grown there. I think you you have broadleaf being grown there, you know, a lot of experimentation, but the Negro seed, is one of the oldest from that area indigenous to that
2: area um and i love what mexico has been doing with uh tobacco over the last several years and obviously with the you know san andreas rapper becoming really the star of it um but we're seeing a lot of now variations in that san andreas wrapper, and you can't just say san andreas anymore and it all is equal to each other there yeah. there's some a lot of differences that. I'm excited yeah, man, there's a lot of
3: different seed varieties, right? It's like in different regions, so sometimes it gets confusing. I think because you know, it's like with Connecticut, people think of Connecticut shade all the time, and then they see broadleaf and they're like, oh, wait a second, that's Connecticut." Yeah. And they because they just associate with the shade, so you know, it all depends on seed varieties, uh, you know, what you're using and. I think there's more than ever a lot of experimentation happening with different hybridized seeds and you know farmers are always working with seed varieties to make them stronger and more resistant to diseases in the fields and whatnot and um you know in that region the tarrant family uh has just always done an amazing job of of growing in the san andreas region i mean they've they've been around for a long long time and and uh have incredible tobacco i i love the san andreas because in a way it's it's reminds me somewhat of of broadleaf in a sense um right. it's heavier, it's thickier thicker it's uh earthy um but it's definitely unique in its in its own right and uh yeah it's been around for a long time you know uh Teamos back in the day when I started in the shop. I mean, I used to sell so many Teamos, the old school guys. And I think a lot of them were all Mexican blends. I think a lot of, for a while, Mexico couldn't really use other tobacco. They tried to kind of protect their, their tobacco. And locally they couldn't use any other tobacco. So they were kind of uh, limited in what they could blend and use. Um, yeah. I think for me, you know, the San Andreas Negro is is a great blending tobacco, but using it as a puro to me is is you know, it's not kind of the direction that I go. I re- I really love blending and using these different ingredients,
0: yeah. you know, to make a you know different different blends. But well, and kind of along that line, you know, with there's there's a lot going on in the portfolio of foundation cigars. And that's that's a great thing because there are so many there's so many different palettes, but even within those palettes, people have different moods on different days. They want a different type of cigar in the morning. Sometimes they say, you know, I'm not gonna smoke a mild cigar this morning. I'm actually gonna I'm gonna start my day out with a with a powerhouse cigar. And um, uh, when when you are sitting down blending working on a new project like this this blend that you're working on right now that you're smoking do you do you go at it from from the very beginning saying i want to put together a blend that reminds me of xyz or do you go at it with from a completely clean palette and by palette i mean color palette or or artist palette and say i want to i want to go completely outside of what i've uh aromas and flavors that i've experienced in the past
3: i want it to be different right I, I i want it to be different than anything else that's in the line because for one i don't want to you know i don't want to create something where then somebody's going to be like oh i'll just smoke this instead or i'll smoke this so i want to create something completely different than the rest of the portfolio. And then I just go for really, I just got to love it. And, you know, I have to, I have to be say, oh man, I want to, I want to get excited about it. I want to be able to smoke it and then say, I I can't wait to smoke another one or I want to light another one up. Um, I try not to get into too many, Kind of specifics, but more of an overall experience is that after the experience, do I want to smoke another cigar? Am I excited? Am I like, wow, you know, am I smoking it down to the nub? Yeah. And is it, you know, making my mouth, well, I don't like cigars that dry out the palate or, you know, jade your palate in any way. It's got to be, you know, a great experience just overall. Um, I do look a lot at uh, the retro hail you know because i know people some people retrohale some people don't retrohale so both they have to be amazing together they have to be amazing without retrohale they have to be amazing just with a retrohale it's got to hit on all cylinders and it's got to come together to create that magic of you know wanting wanting to light it up you know some people get into the the flavor profiles and the you know this this hazelnuts and but to me it's just got to be an overall i want to light another one up i can't wait to light up another one Uh, i can't wait to give this to somebody that i know is gonna like you know this flavor profile um but like you said i like all different types of flavor profiles or i'm in different moods for different things at different times i definitely have my favorites but you know, I have. Uh, I usually have boxes that I'm smoking through for quality. You know, this is the high clear Victorian Petit Corona. Yeah. Morning smoke. You know, I've been oh, smoking yeah. these in the morning, or I smoke the uh, Charro Rothschild. That's a nice, you know, morning smoke. Even the the shade, the Habano, or you know, or the the broadleaf because it's not a, it's not a heavy blend. It's a yeah. it's a milder milder to medium blend. You know, it's great for first thing in the morning or, you know, early afternoon, you know, so I try to create something different, but also from the perspective of the retail, you know, the retailer, you have all different pallets walking into those humidors, you're trying to find the right cigar for the, for the right palette, and everybody likes something different. And does,
2: uh, access to back, uh, access to tobacco and, uh, the inventory available Play a part in what you blend with
3: a hundred percent yeah now um you know with our tabernacle tabernacle uh is just really difficult right now just with the weather in connecticut we've been really limited with supply because of the crop limitations so i'm definitely you know looking at this project looking at okay two, three years from now to have a steady, consistent inventory. So we're not, you know, always, always behind the the eight ball trying to get caught up with, with inventory. But as you know, I mean, it depends on you hope, uh, you know, you hope Mexico doesn't get hit with a tropical storm or hurricane because then that, (laughs) that totally, uh, that totally changes, changes your projections. And imagine you're, you're planning. You know, on the Connecticut Broadleaf side or the Connecticut Havana seed, we're looking at two to three years out of planting and projections and fermentation time. And uh, it's a challenge. Oh, yeah, it has to be because we're talking a great
0: challenge. We're talking, you know, um, you've got so many factors from from even even before the seeds are planted. You know, the seeds have to be they have to be the right seeds. They have to be quality. Uh, And they then once they're planted, you've got to make sure that the farmers are caring for them properly, good irrigation, that you don't have any storm issues. And then once they're primed, you know, they've got to be primed properly and they've got to be hung in the curing barns properly and they got to cure. It's along the way, there are so many steps. And and that's one of the joys that I've had of learning this process along the way of seeing seeing all these steps that that if there isn't care it's not just care in in uh in one aspect it's care has to be taken in every single step along that train before the cigar gets into our hand and it's it's so cool to see because and if you watch it happen that's the exciting thing to see is along the way when you can see people putting effort and and uh and care into their portion of the process. And then you can taste it in the final product.
3: 100%.
0: And you see that. I see that just amongst mm-hmm. farmers, you
3: know, in the Connecticut River Valley. You can tell who's putting in, you know, passion, extra time, care, you know, quality control. You can 100% see it in their farms, in the fields, and then in the, the product, final yeah. product coming out. I mean, hundred percent and i think that's what's so important from is is continuing to bridge that gap in understanding of the process amongst the manufacturing fermentation side to the retailer to the final consumer because once you have the awareness of really what goes into the products your appreciation Mm -hmm. and love for the product just takes takes on a whole nother meaning and you can you can understand more also you know when things are out or when you know when things are not on the shelf and that's key for us right is having the retailers understand and bridging that gap of the messaging of okay why this isn't available lord knows we would love to have more cigars you know to sell but our, our commitment to the quality and consistency is is number one always yeah. because we know what happens you know anybody that's been in this industry for a long time you know has heard the horror stories of what happens when you take shortcuts
0: mm-hmm.
3: and you can you can't go back right you can never right. go back yeah. um i had a retailer tell me once you know i need more time need you know explain the whole situation and, well can you just change the leaf can you just change I believe I said my friend sure you know that was one part of the conversation 10 minutes later in the conversation we're talking about other brands and uh this retailer saying well yeah that brand's not the same anymore you know we don't we don't sell them as much I said my friend this is exactly why I don't change Leafs out because yeah in the next breath you're going to be telling me it's not the same and it doesn't taste the same and you can't sell it this is yeah this is why we don't take shortcuts it hurts (laughs) You know because yeah. again we're in it to sell cigars um, i'm not in it to not sell cigars so
0: yeah you know it's well and it's, building building a relationship yeah. building a, a relationship is you know it's it's kind of a stroll but f- repairing a broken relationship is a is like climbing a mountain yep
2: exactly so if
3: exactly.
0: you if you if they if you take shortcuts and say no let's use a lower grade leaf or let's use you know, uh, let's use a completely different leaf altogether just so we can get boxes on the shelf. We've seen, like you said, we've seen it happen. And we've, uh, as cigar smokers, even even casual cigar smokers, you know, if, if maybe they smoke, uh, let's let's even take the cigar smoker who has their cigar. And there are, there are plenty of them out there where they, they smoke the same cigar, and that's all they buy, and that's all they smoke. They will know if they smoke the same cigar every day, or years. And if they buy their next box and that box is different, if it burns different, if it tastes different, they'll be actually the first ones to know maybe even more than, than guys like us who smoke lots of
2: different blends. Yeah, And I don't know how many times I've heard in the last, you know, several years, uh, do you remember, you know, the first run of that cigar or for X amount of years, that cigar was great. And then it changed, you know, um, I've heard that story numerous times.
3: Yeah. I mean, listen, sometimes you do have different crops coming out, different weather. Um, but again, you know, there are some instances where the market has changed leaves and the, and the, the market hasn't noticed. Yeah. I'm going to take a guess on that, on that one. Oh, it's not too far from your noses right now. A certain rapper, uh, uh, Connecticut. Connecticut shade, Connecticut shade, you know, was dominated the Connecticut River Valley for, you know, 50 years more. And now most of the Connecticut shade is grown in Ecuador In Ecuador. Um, Yeah, because but see, that's a different style leaf, right? It's thinner. It actually doesn't undergo a lot of fermentation because of the the cellular structure, the vein structure. It's so thin and it's much more of a neutral style tobacco compared to say heavy, something like broadleaf, you know, Connecticut broadleaf. So that over since the nineties, till now has completely shifted from the Connecticut river valley to Ecuador. And there hasn't been much hiccup as far as the consumer kind of knowing because it's much more of a neutral, neutral style. And I have to say the, the Ecuador Connecticut shade is actually it's golden. You know some of the connecticut shade back in the day from the valley is much more um, yellow green exactly, hints yeah. the stuff coming from ecuador is actually it took it took amazingly into the soil into the climate and it's it's just much more golden cult, just just beautiful leaf so yeah there are instances but it it totally depends on you know what you're dealing with what the leaf is what the seed variety is and uh, you got to be careful.
0: Yeah. So before we get into uh, a commercial break, I want to touch on the, uh, you know, anytime you get a high profile person who uh, in, in the in the world that enjoys your cigars, uh, it's, um, you know, it's gratifying. It's gratifying when any consumer enjoys your cigars. But then when definitely. you get somebody high profile, um, it definitely, it, you know, it, there is a, a higher level of of enjoyment from seeing that. So s- seeing your cigars on the Joe Rogan podcast it, it is it, it, w- it was great for me because I've, I've been watching and listening to Joe Rogan for many years. And then all of a sudden, one day I'm watching this episode and I see Joe Rogan with a box of wise man Maduro and, and man Maduro, like, holy, yeah, holy, holy shit. So Same. so how did how did and then, and then <laughs> there ended up being a custom you know, a a cigar you kind of made for him. So how did, how did the, all that sort of come about? Listen, I've been a big Joe fan for, for many years, uh, especially starting the
3: company. Joe was always in the background. He has a lot of, you know, really interesting guests sometimes, such an eclectic group of, and it reminds me of the cigar store. I think that's why, you know, listening to Joe is kind of like, conversations in the humidor and cigar stores because again you're meeting just all these different types of people that wouldn't normally converge in the same place. And and that's what kind of the JRE experience has been from comedians to you know UFC fighters to ancient history professors to scientists. And so when I started seeing Joe smoke cigars, I was like man, that would be awesome to get him some cigars. And, uh, it's tough, you know, to get any con, you know, an address or, you know, Uh, years ago i sent him a message, I think seven years ago on, on online or something. So a good friend of mine, um, who actually lives out in, in LA, saw that I love Joe and he's like, Make a couple of special boxes, and I'll get them to him. Nice. I said, How are you going to get them to him? He's like, "Don't worry about it. I'll figure it out. We're going <laughs> to get them to him." So I talked to my my art director Alex, and I said, "Let's do you know one of his logo." We ended up painting the top of uh, Wise Man Maduro boxes, and I said, "We got to make one Nicaraguan style." We made him like a Nicaraguan shaman, and I send the boxes to my buddy. And it just wasn't happening. Two months went by, three months went by. And uh, then I noticed Joe was moving from LA to Texas. And I'm like, my buddy was getting pissed off. He's like, my guy's just not coming through. And this, I said, man, go easy, go (laughs) easy. I said, the last thing we want to do is, is you, the last thing you want when you're moving is another box. So don't send him anything. (laughs) Cause I had sent him an ashtray and a whole bunch. I said, do not send him anything. Yeah so we kind of you know gave, gave up on it for for a month and then we were connected we just randomly end up meeting one of joe's buddies who's another cigar smoker who happened to be flying to texas to hang out with joe that weekend and he hand delivered the boxes to him. wow and then I didn't ask him after that. You know, I didn't want to be like, "Hey, hey, did you get them the boxes? Did you get?" So I didn't say anything. and a month goes by, two months go by, and I'm sitting I put them on my Apple TV, the, the podcast, and I usually work and it's on the background. And I look up at one point while I'm working on spreadsheets, and I see the foundation ashtray. Yeah. On the table. I said, son of a bitch, can we swear on this show? Um, All time. Okay. I said, son of a bitch, there's the ashtray. And then I go back to every episode. They were, it was hiding behind water bottles. September 11th, 2020 was the first time the ashtray appears on the podcast. And then it wasn't until November election day. He had a special pie and there is the wise man, the hand painted box. Yeah, And then another week later, he just starts giving us shout-outs, man. Totally unsolicited, just totally cool, you know, didn't pay Joe anything, or he just took to the cigars and started smoking them. And uh, then he sent me a a private – he slid into my DMs and Instagram, and he hit me up and and thanked me for the cigars. And then he said, uh, you know, I was thinking about getting a humidor for – for the uh, for the for the studio, I said, Joe, wait, you know, don't you don't have to wait any, any further. I had a humidor all ready to go. Nice. So if you see on the podcast in the back, I actually got him two humidors and yeah. one I had Eli Blue do a special one hand inlaid oh. with his logo on the top. And then me, myself and Alex ended up making them, you know, his own. His own bands and brand, we made a, a beautiful band in the shape of a UFC belt with his yeah. logo, and he's just been incredible, man. I, I can't—it's mind blowing. Yeah. You know, every time he gives us a shout out, it's—it's it's insane. And I've just been a fan, so you know, oh, yeah. again, it's just something. You know, it's—it's it's awesome, right, for marketing and and whatnot. But I, I'm just as a fan, just honored, you know, to have him shouting us out and. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy.
2: Can did you see any uptick in in sales or anything that you can attach to that? It's there's a lot of people
3: asking for the the cigar, the Joe Rogan cigar. You know, I we get a lot of that and it's it's tough because I just I just made it for Joe as a gift. So, I don't have you know, until Joe gives the OK, you know, I, I can't use his logo or sure, you know yeah. anything like that. So uh, there's definitely a lot of people asking for for the cigar. I think it's definitely opening up more a wider range of consumers that have never really smoked cigars before. Yeah. And I think for Joe, again, I I. I use Joe within my, my office as an example of the common smoker, right? Someone that enjoys cigars, doesn't know too much about them, but just knows what, what he likes. Yeah. And he's unusual because he's not, he likes spicier, heavier um, blends, mm-hmm. which for a newer cigar smokers, you know, usually people like something milder. So wise man Maduro, he's been loving the cigar I made him was a, A Connecticut broadleaf version of the Tabernacle when I made Tabernacle there was about seven different blends Mm -hmm. uh, very similar different combinations so I used one of those for his special cigar because I knew just based on what he what he'd been smoking in the wise man Maduro that he would really take to the Connecticut broadleaf and and a heavier blend so I it's tough to gauge you know exactly but you doesn't hurt, man. Doesn't
0: well, and hurt. it's also good for the cigar culture and the cigar industry as a whole to see to see people in sort of mainstream culture or mainstream uh, celebrity circles who are enjoyer who enjoy fine cigars. Uh, it, it can only help the cigar business, the cigar business as a whole, to see more and more mainstream people enjoying cigars.
3: I think so. Yeah. Right. I think it's, that's sort of my goal. I've been chatting with them here and there about, you know, Connecticut River Valley, because I, I think Joe's not a huge fan of Connecticut. It's he, I think he says it's a transit route between Boston and New York. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, learning about the Connecticut River Valley is sort of my mission over the next five years is you, we have this Napa Valley, this gem that is really not known outside of the world of cigars. And I think it's, yeah, I think it's important that people learn outside of our industry more about handmade cigars in the process. And I think Joe helping with that is, is nothing but positives for the industry. And I hope he gets into it a little bit more. I hope he, I think sometimes again, it's really overwhelming for people. You know, when you start getting into a lot of these details, you start getting into the weeds. It's, it's like me and wine. You know, it's you go into a wine store. There's so many brands. There's so many different, you know, different types of grapes and whatnot. So it can be really overwhelming. So I hope that he he kind of continues to take small steps in learning about about the process. I sent him our seed to cigar video which oh, is nice. the time time-lapse video that we we have on our YouTube yep. which he really you know was is I think his mind was blown by that just seeing you know the the full process and yeah um he should have never Hit me up on instagram because i send him way too many messages i think he's gonna he's gonna block me at one point
2: We <laughs> you just become best friends
3: yeah. oh my god my friends make fun of me i don't know if you ever seen that seinfeld episode when uh, elaine is is dating uh what's that guy uh tony his name tony. is tony is like dan cortez from mtv yeah. and he's like the cool guys yeah. he's like it's different hanging out with a cool guy yeah. It's like they they get free soup at the deli. It's like <laughs> Kramer's like, I think you're in love with him. Are you in love with him? And he's like, Tony, let's go. Let's go hang out. Uh you want to go bowling? He's like, no, George. What about rock climbing? He's like, all right, I'll bring the sandwiches. I'll make the sandwiches.
0: My buddies make fun of me. I love it. Well, let's, yeah. uh, let's jump into a quick uh, commercial break. Uh, we'll be back in just a couple minutes. So stay right where you
2: are. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale.
1: Celebrating 85 years of success, the Monte Cristo 1935 anniversary in Nicaragua is a tribute to the outstanding accomplishments the brand has achieved since their inception. Receiving multiple awards such as the number 2 Cigar of the Year in 2021 for Cigar Aficionado, 2021's Best Cigar for Cigar Snob Magazine, and three more prestigious awards, the Monte Cristo 1935 Anniversary Nicaragua comes from the creative minds of Rafael Nadal, A.J. Fernandez, and the Grupe de Maestros. This full-body Nicaraguan puro pays homage to the original tobaccos that were used in the very first Monte Cristo cigar that was ever produced. Flavor notes you'll detect while smoking this gem are pepper, cedar, and chocolate, which pairs perfectly with a cappuccino. No matter what four sizes you pick, this classic smoke will send you on a trip down memory lane and all the way back to 1935.
4: You got me. <laughs> this is uh, kind of where I come to take my breaks uh, to get away from Honest Dave. The solitude in this room is amazing. A great cigar, a great glass of wine from our friends at Bonner Private Wines. You know, right now, Bonner Private Wines has a three-pack sampler of Malbec's that you should really check out. You know, some of the some of the vineyards are so high that the grapes are under so much stress but the fruit is filled with so much flavor. There's no additives to it. It goes great with a nice cigar. Argentinian Malbec. The original strand of Malbec. And listen, we can give you a deal. We got... Oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh. I, I just got your text. I apologize. I hope I didn't leave you where you are. I mean... But you've been in here a while. If you can. I, no, thank you. Thanks. You're welcome. Don't worry. It's just the... A- It's medical. It's medical. See, you can try this sampler. It's great. Please, take my word for it. Go to KMAwines.com. You'll get a discount on shipping. You'll get a discount on the package. And then you'll even get a discount, if you like it, on the Wine of the Month Club. And there's other packages that you can buy. But our friends at Bonner Private Wines, they make a great glass of wine. It really is awesome. And KMA listeners get the discount. So why not try it out? What are you doing? You've been waiting for a new commercial? I've been hiding out in here. Someone put a camera in here. Let's go. KMA Wines.com. I'll be back in a few minutes, Abe. But guys, guys, seriously, can we get a courtesy flush or something in here? Jesus, people. are ridiculous. Animals.
0: Well, welcome back to KMA Episode 457 um and one of the things that i i uh i thought about before um well while we were talking about joe rogan is also the fact that there's actually a fair number of people in the stand-up comedy world that are cigar people i know bill burr's a cigar guy jerry seinfeld's a cigar guy steve harvey russell peters yeah. uh, we got to interview russell peters at the pca trade show last year Nice, i see that and yeah, just yeah. there is there seems to be something about uh, stand up and cigars that go together.
3: It's a great you know it's a great
0: prop right for a uh, yeah for a comedian. And well, and Ron, Ron White's on stage. Ron White's
3: big. Yeah, yeah. I had the pleasure of hanging out with Bill Burr in October. So uh, same buddy that made the whole Rogan connection happen invited me and was actually filming Bill's special at Red Rocks, which should, uh, should be released, I think at some point this year. And so he invited me, he was filming the whole special at Red Rocks. So I, I got a backstage look at the whole filming and Red Rocks, as you know, is an incredible venue. And at the end of the evening, everybody had left and we all kind of gathered on the stage and it was just Bill, um, Joe Bartnick, who's another comedian, awesome comedian and, uh, a few of Bill's friends. And it was like this moment on stage and it was like, all right, well, what do we do now? And I had a box that I had made special for Bill. And we sat there on the red rock stage. Oh. got some fold up chairs no nobody in the place oh. and we all sat and listened to bill tell stories about just his experience in in the world of comedy and just telling stories and stories of just amazing stories and wow. at one point an hour in bill looked at me and goes these cigars are fucking amazing. Wow! And then everybody, everybody around just all said to say, yeah, man, these are great. You know, it just brought kind of everything together. And it was a, it was a magical, magical evening. Um, Wow. So yeah, it's cool to see the world. I'm I'm a huge comedy fan. I love music. Comedy is just, I think without the laughs, you know, uh, throughout the years and without comedy, I would be definitely a different person. And I've always just admired and even more a comedian compared to, say, you know, bands or or, music or show. It's just one person on a stage with a microphone. And yeah. he was there at Red Rocks, you know, eight thousand, ten thousand people sold out, being able to just sit there for an hour and a half. And I mean, it's mind blowing the, Yeah. The, the skill level mm-hmm. and just how calm you have to be. Once you show any, you know, any edge of just being nervous or you've <laughs> lost everybody. And yeah. these guys are just so amazing.
0: Well, um, and the thing about the stand ups that I love so much is that they are the they're like the truth tellers and they tell it in a way that's you know, and and. Unfortunately, sometimes they get caught up in, you know, circumstances where people get offended and they say, oh, you shouldn't be allowed to say that and and that kind of thing. And it's like, we got to be careful what we what we censor, because these guys, you know, while while what they're saying is is harsh and and sort of with a funny vibe to it, it's they're really the truth tellers
3: really are. Yeah, and some of the smart, you know, like Chappelle, just oh, an incredibly intelligent greatest of all time. Human being and just some of the, yeah, the social commentary and, and being a comedian again is is dangerous, which is nice to see. Cause yeah. it's with all yeah. this censorship. I never thought I'd see censorship. You know, I know I've always right? talked about it. All the all the Cubans that I work with in Nicaragua that fled Castro and have talked about, you know, this for so many years and to see censorship becoming an issue in our country is, is pretty alarming. So it's, it is, I mean, these comedians are, are telling, you know, really reflecting on what's going on in our society and right. it's really
2: important in our uh, inability to allow satire to be comedy and to have a, a culture that is so sensitive to, everything yeah. is really attacking that world and I hate it.
3: Yeah, but it's dangerous, right? It's
2: dangerous. It is it is dangerous, is, but we should toe the line. We should, you know, um, I don't know. You go ahead. You well, I
3: was going to say, you know, this Wednesday, which was my first brand, right? Well, Wednesday is the oldest satire in the Western hemisphere. This was an indigenous satire critiquing the Spanish taking over Nicaragua dangerous man dangerous yeah it's dangerous and they use satire because at that point many of the indigenous people had been totally either just killed or, or completely taken over and they turned to satire and literature as a tool and a weapon to 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 show what was going on in society at that time and it it is dangerous and you look at these other countries where they do not have the freedom to freely express or critique Mm -hmm. people in power and if we lose that in this country the world we we are the light of the world in that we are able to freely express express ourselves yeah and if that starts going i mean the world's going to be in a really dangerous place yeah especially with everything becoming so much smaller technology yeah you know tracking everything it's you know know, the last thing you want to do is end up in a situation where you're you know china or north korea or you know you give the power over to the state and these powers that be yeah you get sketchy pretty
0: quick man well let's uh Let's have some fun right now, and let's yes. jump into uh, let's jump into name that jam presented by Avo Cigars.
1: Oh, okay. <music>
0: All right, so we're gonna play we're gonna play you're a good? three second clip of a song oh god and uh you shazam through, uh well <laughs> you <Yeah>. probably should <laughs> uh to keep it honest so uh okay. we're gonna play a three second clip of a song and try to uh nick you're gonna to try to decipher what this song is based on the oh, three geez. seconds that you hear oh, so geez, uh so let's hear his... that clip right now okay
3: oh my rock and roll is terrible uh, what do we got there I you guys know. are part
0: of this game right don't don't let yeah, me. We, yeah don't, we don't okay i have right. i have right. an idea but uh can we, we gotta guess the song and the band yeah let's, okay um, let's hear it again let's oh, hear it
2: now is, is this the actual song or is
0: this- it's the actual song
2: it really? it's really not a cover like, Yeah, it sounds like a
0: cover. i haven't I, I don't know the song i have an idea of what i think group it is matt you know it i i think i think it's beastie boys but i i'm not Ooh. sure so
2: for me it sounded like a jazzy jazz. version of a rage against the machine song but interesting oh rage yeah it could be oh, rage yeah um Which yeah had, I, what was it
0: gary where are you pointing at oh no, the so comment me, the comment on the comments oh, oh, screen. So mean, uh, rush I, I think i don't know if it's rush maybe chili Lenny. You know, we're seeing some good guesses like lenny kravitz chili peppers it's got a little bit of a of, of a beastie boys kind of feel rage i can definitely he- hear that in there too uh um, i have
3: no idea i'm not gonna even guess. i don't know
0: all right let's let's reveal who who it is
3: really
0: yeah nice yeah rage it's it's the uh
3: get that from the clip
0: yeah they're just it's it's gotta i mean rage i'll say this rage was back in the day the what i was in construction in the construction business and that was uh that was the music of choice when when you're when you're building things out was rage it just for some reason it it just motivates you to just keep and plus it's loud enough where you can still hear it over the air compressors and the nail guns and all that stuff so that helps yeah amazing Um, band those guys kill it love it um so one of the one of the other things we want to talk about is, uh, and you did mention it before we go live, but you are going to be back at the PCA trade show this year, correct? That is correct. That we're
3: coming yes. in strong. We're coming in hot.
0: Yes. So talk to us, and, and we're we're getting close. I mean, it's un- unreal how fast it's coming up. So, talk to us about your your overall plan as far as are you going with the same kind of space? Are you expanding? what are you similar
3: similar space we're really trying to you know feel it out this year just because of all the changes we weren't there last year because of uh family commitments um and just there was so much uncertainty leading up you know i need so many months before to plan properly uh you know we 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 When I go to the show, we started at the show at the PCA in 2015. We launched the company and then every year sort of got the the booth got bigger and we added to it. So in 2019 was the biggest booth we had created and really went all in on the booth. So this year we're going to use part of the booth. Um, We are... I ended up building these two 13 foot pyramids out of nice. wood that display all the products. So we are going to be using those in the booth uh, and it's just going to be a little bit smaller. We cut out, you know, certain, certain areas, but um, the pyramids are, are the way we're going to go. Cause it's a great way to really display. I think the product and show all of our brands under this sort of umbrella of the foundation logo. So we're going to have some pyramids. It's going to be a pretty big booth. It's about a 50 foot by 20 foot booth. Ooh, nice. Um, We got some great, you know, wooden, wooden tables that we built out too. So people can, you know, write some business and, uh, we're going to be displaying some really exciting new pro- projects So, from a new core line. And then we have some, some line extensions uh, coming out for Wiseman and Wednesday, which nice. are going to be cool. And then we have a few really exciting, really limited projects okay. coming out. Uh, one being uh, the 100-year anniversary of the discovery of King Tut is happening this fall so we're doing a special as you know uh lord carnarvon who lives at high Clare castle the brand that we do that uh, i think garrett's smoking right now oh you both are yeah high claire the great-grandfather discovered king tut's tomb with howard carter so lord carnarvon was an amateur archaeologist who actually believed in Howard Carter's idea that there was another tomb that still existed in the Valley of the Kings. Mm -hmm. And I think they were five years in and about to give up on the project. And they discovered King Tut's tomb in 1921, I believe. So we're doing a really beautiful, special, limited edition for High Highclere Castle. And the, the whole box is actually modeled on a box that was discovered in the tomb. Um, so it's pretty much an exact replica of one of the boxes that was found within the tomb. So that's going to be cool. Yeah. And, uh, then we have, you might be seeing something very special on the tabernacle side of things that uh, probably going to actually do for... Uh, charity um so everything's going to end up going to a charity for the ethiopian crown Mm. Um, so that's going to be exciting and uh nice a few other things we're actually prepping also to move into a new office in the connecticut river valley oh cool so you're going to start really seeing connecticut become more of a part of of the image of Foundation Cigar Company. You know, I think we're one of the only companies that actually has our office on a tobacco field in the States. Oh. So my plan over the next five years is to really bring Connecticut to the forefront. I think it's a, a unique competitive advantage that we have at foundation, just being a part of Connecticut, the river yeah. Valley, what's happening in the river Valley and this Connecticut, Nicaragua combination, I think is, yeah, is a cool, cool combination. So
0: yeah, you're going to no, see. I'm, yeah.
2: I'm just spitballing here. But yep. I think, <laughs> think, uh, you know, an idea we might want to roll with at the, at the PCA. Okay. Is the three of us do our rendition of a magic mic show so let's you know
0: i'm out wait a second
2: wait
3: a- i'm not agreeing to
0: anything i think it could be hot i think that hot girl that hot girl mug is going to your head it's, it's going right skin. to yeah. your head <laughs> so you yeah. guys are
3: going to be there you're going to be rolling yes, around sir, yeah. on the floor nice. yes, sir. were you there we were. last year we were yeah yeah how did it go last year
0: uh it was okay you know it was yeah. uh,
2: as as smaller it's smaller uh, but, but even smaller we couldn't get to everybody we wanted to get to so now really? that we've added um, our
0: yeah you know, so yeah we we have Justin uh, who's our producer now who's been on the team since uh, October and uh, we were able to you know with his help we've been able to expand the show and expand our trade show coverage and uh, so we should be able to hit a lot more stops uh at the PCA show this year so very excited to see you there for sure
2: yeah we cool, had yeah. to hang out by yeah. far this last show than, than yeah uh, shows previous so we're excited so yeah,
3: let's uh make sure we uh, get together and
2: oh
0: most definitely
3: chat it up
0: so for people who you know behind the, the the whole behind the scenes thing when it comes to getting to a trade show you know especially with a booth that size yeah, A lot of people don't understand that it's not just you know a, a couple months worth of planning. how How yeah, how long ago do you did you start planning and actually putting things in motion for? We started in November. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's uh, there's a lot going into it, and
3: especially from you know new products that you're displaying at the show. I mean, that has to be in the that has to be going by January otherwise you're not gonna make it so we'll probably be displaying new products at the show and then those products will most likely not be available for shipping not until I always I'm trying to shoot for for August but I don't know if that's gonna that's gonna happen it will probably be more September you know right now just delays on the printing side um, all the printers are just backed up for, yeah. you know, three, four months. So you're three, four months out. And then if you need samples or, or things like that, that delays the process, you know, even more. And for me, I'm a very visual. I need to see, you know, the samples right. before, you know, the, what, what what new products look like on computer screens from a packaging standpoint compared to when they're actually printed it's just a whole different ball game. Um, so
2: old Epson, if you guys need, any, you know, <laughs> there you go. Nice. The matrix. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So it's a lot, man. Like I yeah. I'm under a tremendous amount of stress just yes. bleeding right up to the trade show then during the trade show. And then after the trade show, it's, it doesn't stop because then you're trying to fulfill all the orders that come right. through. Um, We're going to try to fulfill orders this year of regular products. You know, it's the only time where we actually do deals throughout the year is at the trade show. We kind of keep it that old school traditional style is is that's that's the only time we offer deals. Um, Normally, we don't offer deals uh, except at the trade show. So it's tough, man, because my summers are summers are. You know, that's why it was nice last year and, and before just to have a little bit of break because yeah. it's it's constant. I just got back from Nicaragua. You know, I came up for, you know, a few meetings here and then I'm back down, you know, right away to May, you know, mid-June. Make sure everything ships. There's timing. There's insurance for the trade show. It's flying everybody out there. I mean. Yeah. It's, it's an expensive endeavor, but it's, it's a great place to have all, you know, at least a lot of your, your customers in the same place. And that's what's I think different from the manufacturing to like the store side is the stores, all the customers come to the store, right? Yeah. When you're a manufacturer or brand owner, you gotta go to every
0: individual store.
3: You know, everybody doesn't. So it's nice because at the show, everybody's coming to one place. Yeah. Whereas, you know, normally, you know, going to see a lot of different retailers, you're traveling. You know, you're in planes. You're, yeah. You're. It's a. It's a lot. So. Well, and there's uh, something
0: to be said for the community aspect of it too. It's a community is such a a, a strong, important, integral part of the cigar world. And yeah. being together with everybody um, is uh, is an important piece of it. Like you said, having everybody in the same place at the same time.
3: Yeah. Do you guys get the PCA magazine? Yeah. I was looking at this mag. I you really got to get this magazine going. Yeah, now, like this man. I was thinking about this magazine. This should be the coolest magazine magazine in our industry there's so much access to all the manufacturers, retailers, you know, there's, I, I was thinking a lot about this over the weekend. Uh, but it would be cool to get a bunch of different people involved, you know, maybe on your guy's side for writing articles or, you know, getting more information, have a tobacco education section yeah. in this magazine. It was, I was looking at this time. It's a little, it's a little thin. There's yeah. maybe like five advertisers from yeah. our industry, and I was like, "Where's all the,
2: where's all the people?" Uh, well, and that's a great uh, kind of segue to my question, which was, as a manufacturer, where do you see the the PCA uh, right now? Like, what are what are some of the things you think they're doing well, and what are you seeing some of the things that they can be doing better? um that's a great question um i think
3: it's kind of all over the place right now it seems to be fragmented right um you know the big guys pulled out so now it seems like when what people talked about last year is more of a community type of feel um i think communication needs to be improved tremendously um amongst retailers, manufacturers. I mean, this magazine is absolutely mm-hmm. beautiful. The printing, yeah. mm-hmm. the thing, it's just- The
2: production level is high, yeah.
3: It's super high. Content-wise, it's really lacking and it shouldn't be because you have access to everybody. Right. Uh, and then also digitally, why is this not digitally? Where Where is the digital aspect of this? Yeah. Where is the yeah. social media? I mean, we should all be going to this magazine, their website for information, for legislative updates. Um, I think we just need more communication amongst manufacturing, get manufacturers more involved um, and really helping bridge the gap between manufacturers and retailers. It's crucial, right? it's, It's shocking to me sometimes how, there is a lack of understanding of the process of cigar making, from the retail level to the manufacturing level. Um, that's
0: sometimes really shocking to me. Uh,
3: well, so, and like you
0: said, uh, the the content, You know, um, there could be there could be so many different ways to to have companion pieces on social media and YouTube to to tie in with the written pieces in the magazine and things like that. And, um, you know, there uh, there's definitely so much more that that could be done. Um, I, I know, you know. To sort of side with the PCA, that their their staff is spread very thin, you know, yeah. especially since, you know, uh, starting to slowly rebuild their staff and things like that. But yeah. I agree with you that they uh, more more content um, both in written form and um, tying in with uh, social media, YouTube, that kind of thing could be very beneficial overall.
3: It's, you know, it's always easy to critique from, from the outside also. And it's, I, I say from my, my standpoint, I should be more involved, but I haven't been because of just so much being on my plate of just starting a company, growing yeah. a company, so, you know, it's always easy to throw throw stones from, from afar, but um, I I hope to get more involved as time. We, we've always supported the PCA. Again, we launched the company at the PCA. Um, we've had nothing but success at the trade shows. Um, I think it's been difficult because a, a lot of the PCA catered to the larger companies, and the larger companies were the ones that were moving the line Mm -hmm. of offering, you know, when I started in the industry in the nineties, it was the only time that you went and you got discounts or deals was at the show. That was the motivation to get people to go to the show. And then that line started being moved to offering deals in June and may. And you know, how can we suck dollars from the retailers before they even get to the show? And then the bigger guys, controlled all the spacing at the show. And then you're saying to yourself, well, why am I paying all this money when I'm taking 80% of the orders before I even get here. And then really what is the motivation as a retailer to spend the money to go to the show? You have to solve that problem. Right. Is what is the motivation for a retailer to take time out of a busy time you know you're looking right after fourth of july it's summertime it's it's a hot you know high season for a lot of people yeah you got to leave the show you got to spend you know at least five grand by you know going to vegas i I would imagine so what is the motivation for retailers to actually go right yeah with a lot of questions the tpe snuck in there and started you know really capitalizing on the cost of everything and started paying for people to go to the show you know they really capitalized on a lot of the you know unorganized disorganization and things like that um yeah so you got to start solving that problem correct yeah in order to get because if you have retailers going to the show you're going to have people displaying at the show yeah you know what i mean so if yeah you solve that problem then of course there's going to be tons more people displaying there and, and spending money to be there the other problem is is that a lot of the money being spent is not going towards the pca correct you know, I'm, I'm spending so much money, but it's not being counted by the PCA as, you know, then it's sort of like, well, why are you making such a big booth? Or you you shouldn't spend as much. And it's like, uh, I don't know if that's, should be the response. You should be wanting to motivate people to display and, and, and have a good showing and making it exciting to me. If you're going to a show, you want to see something, different you want to put on a show you want to make it exciting you don't want to just make it uh, some tables and chairs you know uh which is great you can do that but to me it's like there should be something exciting happening to get people to want to come into your booth and come into
0: your yeah you want it to be an unmissable event for for a number of different reasons one the the return on investment and two the the atmosphere the and the excitement the experience the fun the community That's what we've tried to
3: do right and every yeah. we've always been stuck in the back of the you know the show we we're not even sometimes on the map of of but we try to make it exciting where people are seeking us out and hey yeah. let's go check out the foundation booth let's go see what's going on in the foundation booth and you know i come from the the I'm I'm cut from the cloth of of the de experience from way back in the day of sure you know, which was over that, the top yeah which was that's what stood out and you know the booths were made in Nicaragua not just by booth companies and you know it, it's it's different and to me it's a state of the the union right of the companies of yeah what where's foundation at what it, I want to show my commitment to the industry through the vibe that we're, we're, we're putting out at the show and our booth design and our products and, you know, our layout and the counter is okay. Well you want to be able to sit down and do business and yeah, exactly. That's what we want to do. We want to get people excited though, to come in and and want to do business. Yeah. And you know, show that we're in this, we're in it for the long haul. We've been in it. I got no plans of going anywhere, you know?
0: Yeah. Right on. It,
3: so, well, I, you know, I hope it keeps, I know trade shows in general are just down, they you are. know, even before COVID, yeah. you know, it was, uh, it would be interesting to see if we can get different sponsors involved or, Correct. you know, alcohol sponsors or something to help with the offsetting the cost of some of these things. Right. You know, it's, Unfortunately, just moving stuff on the show floor it costs a crazy amount of money. I mean, it's just yeah.
2: insanity. Well, I know Pfizer but is is advertising everywhere. That might be a Pfizer. Oh, Maybe yeah. yeah. We'll we'll
0: we'll, we'll look into out. that.
2: We'll call yeah, we should get people. Pfizer
3: and <laughs> ivermectin like be a, yes. a sponsor for <laughs> this year's trade show. Is sponsored by ivermectin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> so awesome. normally normally at this time uh, on KMA, there we go to the Scoop with Coop. Uh, now this week, Coop, Coop uh, Coop's not uh, on the show this week, but Dude, in place of that, here. so we have, right. a, we have a special segment that we do on How About That Cigar Live every Monday night. Uh, so we are going to sub in that for the Scoop with Coop this week. So it is now time for this week's Numero de los Muertos. So Numero de los Muertos is a fun game that Garrett came up with on How About That Cigar Live. Uh, So we're gonna let Garrett explain the game and uh, take us through the 20 questions.
2: Yeah, so it is basically 20 questions style game that, that we play on our show. And I give a number. And I give some parameters, and we try and guess how these people die every year. Sounds morbid, super morbid, but usually pretty hilarious. I guarantee
0: it's. Wait, what? You've you've been through this before, bro. You've done
2: this on our show before.
0: I don't know what
3: what is happening. Yeah, so <laughs> this is this is
2: happening right now. Oh, I was make sure that I got the right the right number here Um, okay on average this is a 10-year average um, up to 2020 so from 2010 to 830 people a year die doing in in the internet all right so and and,
0: uh, for those of you watching uh, you're welcome to put guesses in the comments, uh, and Nick and I are going to try to decipher and break down via 20 questions. Um, so 830 people a year on average over the last 10 years have died in the United States doing doing this. Allison, get- I love you, Allison. Death by toothbrush. <laughs> Do we get hints or no? You well, can we, ask, yes we get, get no? to ask yes or no questions. Uh,
3: okay.
2: Allergies? Everybody and that nope is it allergic no nope and if, if we're stumped i will start throwing clues in there some sort of accident but <laughs> <laughs> uh it's not butt
0: stuff kevin, kevin. kevin. no no
2: nope no
0: uh we actually did that on one of our previous shows butt stuff we but did do butt stuff it was very specific butt stuff yeah. but not probably what you're thinking
2: uh smoking the band love, smoking it. The band. love where you <laughs> going? but no. smoking the band does it have to do with electricity no electricity is involved
0: are vehicles involved
2: yes
3: Ooh. Oh, oh i'm gonna say um forgetting to put the emergency brake on and Ooh. crushing themselves
2: no no okay that's a good one though yeah not bungee jumping are these land vehicles yes um
0: oh is it change kevin says changing a tire that's a great guess. that is a good guess and it's not it um Everybody's searching online right now. Except are for- these uh, <laughs> would these be considered workplace accidents? They are not having uh, sex while
2: driving, says. Ooh, BJs uh, while driving. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's a stat out there's there. There's probably a stat. Of course, out
3: Brad there. Fisher would come up with that. Brad Fisher is <laughs> is a foundation rep in Texas. What's going on, Brad? Unbelievable.
2: Uh, scooters with no helmet. Mm, that's uh oh, is it actually, cars
3: or motorcycles?
2: We haven't uh we haven't we haven't established that yet? We haven't established the vehicle. Are they four-wheel vehicles? No, they are not. Are they two-wheel vehicles? They are two-wheel vehicles. Okay, so we've two-wheel established two-wheel
3: vehicles? Okay. Mm-hmm. Motorcycles?
0: Mm-mm. What are they? Are they the uh, electric scooters? Mm-mm. They're not electric. Are they manual powered scooters?
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Trying to reenact Teen Wolf says Nick Goss, another <laughs> foundation cigar <laughs> rep. Man, the foundation cigar reps have, uh, have good guesses. Segways. No. Segway. I,
0: it's I a two-wheel vehicle. I might have done I think we did segways on one of our shows. Um, Two-wheel. Two wheels, eight hundred and thirty people. Are are they bicycles?
3: Yes.
2: Oh, now wearing a helmet. No, it's it's really just that basic. It's so it's it's just people dying on
0: bicycles. Correct.
2: Oh, wow. just people dying on bicycles.
0: That's that, seems, that number
2: that. seems high to me. It seemed really high to me. So there's uh, there was a. Few you know, several different factors, those who fall while not wearing a helmet. Um, but majority are actually heart attacks.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa.
2: They have a heart attack That's while they're while riding the bike? bike. That sucks. And then uh, the <laughs> second most was uh, being hit on roadways. Being hit. Okay. Yeah. Blind spots. Yeah. Be careful on your bikes out there, people. Yeah. Yeah so interesting question how much of that is in new york um oh that is a good question the the hotbed was seattle oh Oh,
3: seattle a lot of bikers yeah a lot of
0: bike people and bicyclists can be very aggressive yes thank you i was gonna yes um they can be um i'll just leave it I've had my because because my my day job my office is in in the city and I've had multiple experiences with with uh, people uh, flipping me off or pounding on the hood of my car uh, just for driving uh, while they're on their bicycles because apparently I apparently they believe that they have a, a more rights on the road than I do I guess
2: yeah absolutely uh, Allison, if you could draw me a diagram of how that works, I would like
0: to yes. See it. Yes, yeah, diagram would be good. Yeah. What's up, Allison? <laughs> Allison's awesome. We love Allison. I love her. Um, so that was this week's <laughs> Numero de los Muertos. <laughs> okay, now it is time for Would You Rather, sponsored by Gurkha Cigars. I've just got to say how much I love those pictures of Juan Lopez. I
2: was just going to say that, too. It's just,
0: it cracks me up seeing those pictures. Yep. Um, so I'll be honest. I went searching the Internet, for, and there are probably a 1,000 pages with thousands upon thousands of Would You Rather questions. And I searched through them, and I I couldn't find any that I really liked. So I wrote some of my own, and they're kind of messed up, but they're, they're not like, you know offensive they're just really messed up well maybe you'll find them offensive i don't know i i suppose that's in the eye of the beholder so here's the first question nick would you rather say no every time you mean to say yes or would you rather say fuck off every time you mean to say i love you
2: you're welcome
0: and you have to you have to pick one or the other Fuck off! Definitely, (laughs) definitely. Fuck off! Oh, that is brilliant. Fuck off! (laughs) So you meet? Yeah, your brain says I love you, but your 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 mouth says fuck off. That's fuck off, Abe. (laughs) That really means I Uh, love you, Abe. Yeah, that really means that really means I love you. Okay, would you rather have every meal you ever eat contain human meat?
2: What the fuck?
0: Or serve a meal one time to all your friends and family that secretly contains human meat? This is (laughs) fucking demented. Fuck off, Matt. That is the right, that is the proper response.
3: Would I rather have human meat in every meal or serve it once to people I know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm serving it to everybody (laughs) one time. This is like Game of Thrones. Everybody's gonna have a fucking meat pie. Meat pie. I'm not I'm not eating human human meat every time I eat a meal. Get get out of here.
2: Oh Matt, you forgot. Everybody's you gotta are. suffer.
0: <laughs> I did forget my meds when I wrote these questions, definitely. Jesus, um,
3: Mary and Joseph.
0: <laughs> I have problems. It's just it's official. I have I have issues. This um, is showing
3: a lot here, Matt. It's showing a lot
0: about you here. I'll tell me about it. Um okay. Would you rather constantly have sand in your mouth or <laughs> An incurable case of flaming jock itch. Fuck, man!
3: Sand in my mouth all the time. Oh, or a jock itch? Sand in my mouth? <laughs> I ain't dealing with jock itch. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh yeah, Are I got gonorrhea for the rest of my life. <laughs> jesus this saturday is getting a little it's only it's almost 12 o'clock matt
2: i'm gonna need a shower after the show
0: i swear jesus. there's nothing in this cup but coffee i swear
2: this is
3: <laughs> i would rather not live in matt's world that's what i would no 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 not.
0: yeah that is that is not a place you want to be not a place you want. all that me <laughs> Oh my gosh. um
2: you so, see what I'm dealing with. That
0: was yeah. the last one. Was that the no, last one? That was that was a, unless you uh, unless geez. you want. I could dig up some more, but yeah, that's... no, that's all right. That's all right. They're not,
3: I don't think they're gonna get any better.
0: Oh man. Yeah, that was uh that was Would You Rather sponsored by Gurkha Cigars. Well, that's yeah we'll
3: do the I'd right rather there. drink turpentine and piss in a brush fire than answer any, <laughs> any more of these questions.
0: Just put it in a meat pie. Uh, <laughs> That'll be dinner. That'll be dinner one night at PCA we go out for dinner. And it's like, Oh, by the way, Nick, that steak, you just ate, uh, that was, that was Joe wasn't. or Fred <laughs> or John or Angelo, or I don't know. i messed up.
3: I, I forgot who had an ad one time. It was an ad of somebody opening up a fortune cookie. And it was a shot behind the shoulder and it was a plate of food all gone in it. This fortune cookie said that was not chicken. You just
0: ate. <laughs> I
3: forgot when that was from. <laughs>
0: That's
2: great.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, um, so uh, real quick, uh, Nick, just uh, give us an idea. So if people want to learn more about foundation cigars, if they want to get all the latest and greatest, uh, where yeah. do you keep up with what you have going on? foundationcigars.com.
3: Check out our, our awesome website, Uh, foundation cigars on YouTube. We have some great content up there, brand highlight videos, seed to cigar videos. We have music videos up there. We have a lot of new content coming to the YouTube channel this, uh, this summer. So we'll probably be showing a bunch of that at the trade show. Uh, foundation cigars on Instagram. We're big on Instagram, love the Instagram and foundation cigars on Twitter.
0: Very cool. And are you guys, um, uh, yourself in particular, are you going to be doing any, um, in-store, uh, events this year? So
3: just because of the whole COVID situation and I was out of Nicaragua for so long, most of my year is going to be in Nicaragua, just catching up on getting all these projects in the works, you know, shipping new project. Probably not until kind of late fall, winter time. I'll probably start doing a few events here and there. I do the Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest every year. Um, so I'll probably be out there. I've I, I've been doing the Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest since they started. And I used to have a place out in Colorado. So I take a little time out there and uh, nice. do that nice. event for a day. Um, Yeah. So not as many events this year, just because of my commitments in Nicaragua and what we have going on in Connecticut. Uh, You know, the crop is just getting, getting in right now, seed beds and then harvest is, you know, end of August, September. So I'm usually busy with that stuff. So uh, yeah, that's a lot going on, a lot going on. So we will have, um, you know, Mike got a great team of reps, uh, I have a, a new VP of, I'm sorry, a sales director on the road, um, Eduardo Aguilar, who is going to be working with my reps and doing a bunch of events. We are, you know, we have a special event only cigar pack called the Grasshopper, which is uh, yep. two Candela's. They're five and a quarter by 52 box press torpedoes two Maduro's and a barber pole, uh, we're probably going to end up doing some grasshopper events with the sales team and nice. my new sales director Eduardo probably this summer. So keep a lookout
0: for nice. for foundation events, but yeah, I'm probably going to be in Nicaragua most of my time. Okay, yeah, I know Kevin from Cigar Prop, a uh, friend of ours. He's been asking about the grasshopper. He wants to get his hands on more, so he'll be. He'll be excited to uh, see some some of those out there in the wild.
3: Yeah, hopefully in February I'm going to be, you know, at the the smoke in event. I couldn't make it this year and we're trying to get caught up with inventory. So hopefully we'll have them at at the uh, event in February. And nice. Yeah.
0: So very cool. Well, uh, Nick, man, we always have a blast talking to you. And uh, this morning was no exception. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Guys, my pleasure. Uh, yeah. It's great seeing you. Yeah.
3: Thanks to yeah. Abe and the Smoke In team. And Just going to say, yeah, yeah. 100%. Uh,
2: this takeover, um, you know, I don't know if it was Abe's brainchild or whose it was, but uh, this may be the, the first and last, or maybe <laughs> might, we'll well. we'll see, but we had a blast. We're honored to be uh, yeah. guinea pigs in this and uh, to have Nick as the inaugural uh run is just an honor so it was an awesome show yeah so for uh for those of you who uh who want to check us out and what we're
0: doing with how about that cigar uh you can find us on social media at hbt cigar uh you can go to our website HowAboutThatCigar.com. we go live every monday night on facebook youtube and twitter at 9 30 central time uh this monday we have fred ruey from Illusione cigars 8 30 central uh 8 th- 30 central 9 30 eastern um and uh so yeah you guys can check us out there for for smoke in you guys need to make sure to follow smoke in on social media at smoke in cigars uh be sure to become a member of the smoke in social club on facebook it's a great group of of cigar uh lovers and you can learn a lot you can you know uh just get involved with that group and let people know what you're smoking let people know you know, what's what deals you're finding out there at smoke inn let people know, uh, you know, what's what your hot cigar of the month is, your hot cigar of the week is that kind of thing. Posting Abe memes. Posting Abe memes is always a plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, next week on KMA, they're going to have Pete Johnson from Tatuahe Cigars. Pete who? Pete Johnson. Pete, Pete Johnson. Pete Johnson. Yeah. Pete's. <laughs> we love pete so make sure to uh check that out and subscribe to kma on youtube and follow on facebook uh and we have had a blast being with you guys this morning and as always keep it lit thanks guys